Welcome to Dialogues, everybody. I'm Chris Miller. To my right is, of course, Tom Shiflett, the incomparable NBA expert. Oh, yeah. That's me. You got to feel that way, right? I have to feel that way? I hope you do. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, this is fun. I haven't really... Actually, I won't galaxy brain anything. I mean, we'll that. definitely explore yeah. as we go on. Um, so the tease is out. Uh, this episode will be about... The NBA, which starts October 19th, which is roughly a week away. We're right around the corner. To date ourselves, of course. And it is, I, I think, extremely exciting. Yeah. Uh, will not get coverage until probably December, January. Won't get full attention until April. And then sports fans who don't preference the NBA will join about May to June. Well, I think even December too, like that's dicey now because it used to just be like Christmas usually. That was just NBA, but now the NFL is getting on on Christmas too. So Christmas Day isn't even an NFL or an NBA thing anymore. Yeah, the NFL does not shy away from no. competing with, with anybody. Yeah. Our topics tonight, outside of the Bucks, who else do you trust in the East? Will LeBron's historic chase of Kareem's all-time points leader and potentially passing Magic for sixth all-time assists be undermined by the incessant and irresistible GOAT and Mount Rushmore debates? And how great is Victor Wembanyama as a prospect? Who else over the last 76 years has garnered this much attention and has been been designated as unanimous number one. LeBron. Of course LeBron. I think it's like the thing that I think people are forgetting, like LeBron was even in like the social media era, like when he was a prospect. Could you imagine what it was like if you like there was like Twitter and everything around when he was coming out? Like he was on ESPN like every night in playing high school basketball. Yeah, I, I think it would have been deafening. The one luxury uh Web and Yama has is he's overseas. So we don't really give him that much attention outside of maybe a couple games here at in Vegas or wherever he gets to play. Yeah, uh, Lou Alcindor, Kareem, when he yeah. got drafted by the Bucks, definitely comes to mind as unanimous. But that's kind. I I, I know there are other guys, but it's a it's a short list. Yeah. But we will Zion, uh, Zion for a little bit. Zion had a bit a big hype for a long time. I mean, the year he got to Duke, R.J. Barrett was designated as the number one player in the country. Yeah. Which was weird. Shortly after that, they were like, oh, yeah, Zion's the best player in the country. Got it. But there was a little bit of debate over him or job, but uh, semantics. But I, uh, unanimous is a term that extends kind of... What's the way to put it? There's no, there's no level of doubt that that's going to be a productive player at the very least. With Kareem and LeBron, and you could throw Shaq in there. And now Victor, very little debate on whether that guy's going to translate and be a productive player. Starter for 10, 15 years. Yeah, I mean, I mean health aside, like, there's nothing really that, I guess, deters you from feeling like he can't be. But like I think like... I think the problem is that we're getting to the point where, like, if this guy's not, like, all NBA every year and, like, 
MVP candidate and stuff like that. It's going to feel like people are going to like label him as like a bust. Honestly, it's like getting a little ri- ridiculous right now. Yeah. Like, it's getting crazy. Like w- not even like with just him, like watching Scoot Henderson too. Like there were people like on social media that were talking about like, he's better than some guards playing like in the NBA right now. It's like, can we like relax? We haven't even seen him play an NBA game yet. Like you're getting a little reckless with this stuff and you're setting these kids up for failure. It's hyperbolic. It's sensational. Like people are saying like, he's already better than Russell Westbrook's like the version of Russ last, like right now. It's like Russ just averaged 18, seven and seven, like every night, like let's kind of relax a little bit. You know what I mean? I would agree. It's a little crazy. Like I get it. Like the idea of Victor is insane. You know what I mean? But like, who knows? Like he could, he could get hurt. Like immediately Chet Holgren hurt like already. Now we don't know what he's going to be until like next year. We'll have to just sit and wait. Like sometimes these things just don't work out. But like the idea of Victor is like tantalizing. It's insane to think about. Like he's Kevin Durant with like the shot blocking of like Anthony Davis. So like, wow, how does not that the greatest player to ever live? It's hard to not fantasize about him being like the best player like to ever live. Like, it's fun to think about. Absolutely. But it gets borderline reckless when we start, you know, making these insane, like, comparisons to what he's going to be, and he hasn't even played in the NBA yet. He's got to get those points, blocks, rebounds. Again, like, every it feels game like if over a period of time. If he doesn't just come in and just start stacking up all NBAs or, like, all-star appearances, like, it's, it feels like it's not going to be enough the way they're talking about him. It's going to feel underwhelming if he doesn't do half of the things that you feel like he should be doing. On the other side of that discussion, LeBron had incredible amount of clout and discussions and whether he's going to be as good. He has exceeded all of those expectations. I mean, he got that, all those Sports Illustrated covers of like freshman in high school to like, this guy better not stink or like he's got to hit the ground running and he has for 20 years now. But like, that's what Victor's going to have to do. That's what it's going to have to be. Correct. That's a lot of pressure, man. I hope he can do it. Me too. I'm rooting it. for it. I am too. I want him to be really good. I want him to be really good. Like He might be a Hornet. I hope. I think that's the biggest thing I want. I want him to be a Hornet. I want him to be an OKC. I want to be a Hornet. They okay. have enough. They've had enough. Like him and LaMelo, I want that bad. They, yeah, need, be cool. they need a big man. They need a big man for a long time. Like That'd be an awesome pairing. We'll discuss if they're a play-in type of team missing out on that lottery. With the news lottery. they got today? Uh, probably not. It's only out one to two weeks. Oh, they're going to milk that bad boy. They're going to milk that bad boy. The Victor sweepstakes have already begun. You can see it now. It's already started. But we start tonight with a Spartan taken in the second round in Draymond Green, who has outperformed his draft position. Yeah, and then some. Like in the four championships. Guys walking in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Integral part of. One of the greatest defenders to ever live. Can't take that away from him. Regardless of how bad he's been offensively the past couple of years, one of the greatest defenders to ever live. Rodman, and then a big step down to maybe Draymond Green. But it's if you're in that discussion, that's very legitimate. Right, that's, yeah. You're a damn good player. My question to you is how complicated is the current situation in Golden State? I mean, I, I don't think it's like it's a little bit concerning because of the way that like it seemed like Steph, Clay, and like Steve Kerr and them reacted to the altercation that him and Jordan Poole had. But I think like, like you already said, they've won four titles together. I think if there's any locker room that can figure it out, it's those guys. I think it'll be fine. Draymond's not going to miss any time. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to suspend him before ring night against the Lakers opening night. Like, there's no way. Like, he's taking some time from the team. He'll be back. Everything's going to be fine. 
like, I don't know, like Draymond definitely should have punched him in the face the way he did. But I mean, it's kind of insane for a person not to think if you push another grown man that you're not going to get attacked somehow. You know what I mean? Like Draymond should have gotten his face like that. But Jordan Poole also, you don't push a guy and expect something not to come back and hit you. You know what I mean? It escalated quickly. Also, it's, I cannot believe they leaked that video out. That was the follow-up question. That's the nasty part, man. What's Who the agenda? Who leaked right. that video? What's the agenda of that? Like, doing the Brian Windhorst, why would they do that? Like, why? Who did that? Like, it already seems like a lot of people who are, like, deep in the trenches of, like, the NBA just believe he's trying to posture his way to, like, to go to the Los Angeles Lakers and play with LeBron. But, like, I mean, I don't think that helps the Lakers really at all. I don't think that's what they really want to sign up for. Is why, would you go, why would you want to go there? Well, I mean, he's boys with LeBron and, and, and AD. I think they've always wanted to play with each other after those Warriors rivalries. But I think it's on the wrong side of the, of the hill for Draymond to when you to have kind been conditioned to win at such a high clip, isn't, isn't that kind of a downgrade for him uh... to go to... L.A. and play with yeah, the Lakers? I think, I think it's one of those things, too, where, like, you've already accomplished so much as a player. Like, you've, you've won four titles. You probably should have won five if you didn't blow a 3-1 lead. But, I mean, you've accomplished just about everything there is to accomplish as a player. You might as well just get to the point now where, like, you want to play where you want to play, and maybe he's just not meshing with those people anymore. I don't know. But I, I, I don't think he goes anywhere anytime soon. I really don't. With that, can Jordan Poole tolerate slash coexist with that type of dynamic i don't i i thought of this too it's like i don't know like i've had plenty of jobs where i didn't like almost any of the people that i worked with but i still went to work every day made money and i just went home i think that you can do that like i think a lot of these things like a lot of players were coming out like former players coming out like Yo, remember we got into this this fight at this road trip here and like we finished the season completely fine so big deal like sometimes it just happens i I think it'll be all right. I really do. I think, again, like, if it was any other organization, I'd be worried about it, but it's the Golden State Warriors. They're about as tight dead. That's a good culture there. I think they can weather the storm. Like, do you think it's going to be a big deal? Potentially. In I'm what su- way? I'm surprised that I agree that's the best organization in basketball. But, but how did that video get leaked? I, I Probably some video coordinator needed some money, and TMZ offered him ten grand. I mean, I probably would have. Man. A lot of people liken like an, this like an intern, like you got for me ten G's. Yeah, sure. A lot of people liken this to when Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr yeah. in the face and then later won a championship. Yeah, that's the, Michael doing that. Yeah, you the know only I mean? rebuttal there is Michael Jordan was unequivocally the best player in basketball. Right, I think we're when he seeing, did that. I mean, I thought Draymond really started to figure out towards the end of that series against Boston, which kind of flipped the series for Golden State. But like throughout that playoff run, he wasn't very good. So. I don't know. It's it's tough for this isn't Draymond in like 2016 where it's like oh yeah he's I don't know he's debatably like the best player on the team like who knows but like right now it's like you can't be doing this stuff you're you're almost 34 years old you know what I mean what are you beating this kid up for yeah the the times where he is in the running to win Defensive Player of the Year I I think are are past Um, Uh, he was damn good last year he. I mean, he really was really good defensively. He just, he was so bad offensively. It kind of negated the fact that you forgot how impactful he is because he was just like, it's, it was like the Ben Simmons thing with, with Draymond. So maybe he figures some stuff out. I, I don't know, but unless he finishes that jump shot, which it doesn't appear he has, I, I don't know, but he's very important to any basketball team. So, I mean, if the Lakers did get him, they'd probably really overpay for him and he'll be a, not what he used to be, but he'd help them out a lot, honestly.
He'd help any team out. People have speculated that this is a money-driven issue. That but yeah, I keep seeing that. I, I don't Jordan Poole is going to get a, a a boatload of cash versus Draymond may or may not get re-signed. Yeah, I I don't know if it's a, it could be a money issue thing. I mean, I mean Jordan Poole is going to get paid. I mean Tyler Hero got. 120, I think. So Jordan Poole is probably going to be looking at 130, 140-ish probably yep. at least. Over that mark. Yeah. Uh, so the, you know, Lakeup and Myers aren't really the biggest spenders in the world. That's kind of what has frustrated some Golden State fans. Even though they have this title window all the time, they don't always spend a lot of money. So maybe they aren't willing to pay the money that Draymond Green thinks he's worth. But again, he's on the wrong side of 30. His play has decreased the past couple of years it's kind of hard to justify giving him a max extension at his age so i don't know maybe maybe it was maybe it is a little bit in the back of his head he's going to get money that draymond's not going to get does this remind you because it does for me his calling kevin durant a bitch in 2019 and effectively disenfranchising kd in that locker room where kd couldn't wait was counting the days to get out of there. Does that have any reference point in this situation concerning Draymond and potentially the negative effects of the undoubtedly true fact that he is a catalyst for that team? Yeah. But is that now more negative than positive? Yeah, I I didn't think it was that big of a deal again until I saw like Steph talk about it at the press conference and Steve Kerr talk about it. And it felt like they don't think this is fine. They don't feel like this is water under the bridge. So this might be a giant problem for them. But, I mean, if Steph, at the end of the day, he wants Dre to be there, Dre will be there, and they'll figure out a way to make it work. The, the, like, the Kevin Durant thing was just fascinating because it came to the point where, like, Draymond's the one who really recruited Kevin to come there. And then Kevin didn't like the way they were playing most of the time where, like, it seemed like sometimes he was getting phased out for no reason. And then they started butting heads. And then the fan base really turned on Kevin, too, because it started turning into, like, they're kind of going away from the golden boy. Steph, and it's going, oh, this is all Kevin Durant. This is Kevin Durant. This is Kevin Durant. No, no, Stephen Curry is better than Kevin Durant. They went to like a civil war of the fans and then just drove Kevin Durant out of town. Which is... I don't think it's going to have a Jordan Poole. Those people love Jordan Poole. Incredibly unfortunate considering that... Maybe Clay Thompson leaked the video. I don't know. It seems like he doesn't like Jordan Poole very much. I mean, he threatens his position yeah. and definitely less shots. But I will say with Draymond as a major ingredient... In, in these championships, mm-hmm. be careful if you dispose of him. Yeah. Because that guy's charisma, energy, intelligence for basketball uplifted not only what Steph and Clay got all, a lot of the credit for, but made Steve Kerr viable, right? Yeah, he's not. I mean, at the point, like 2016 was probably the best we've ever seen him at because he had like the coach's brain, like the highest basketball IQ you've seen in a long time. But also like he was knocking down three pointers. He was like a threat offensively. He was like the entire package. And I don't think people really respect the fact that how good Draymond Green actually is. But like he is a floor raiser. He's like a ceiling raiser. He's a really good basketball player. And even when he starts to deteriorate, like, Athletic-wise, like, the way he is, like, he's still going to be a, a very, like, key cog in, like, the Warriors winning or wherever he goes. Like, he's going to be a part of winning basketball. He just is. He's a guy you want on your team. So, I think they're going to do everything they can just to smooth things over and have Dre, like, play all season with Golden State. Because they need him. They need him. Yeah, I think the major difference in the Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr transition in Golden State 
was definitely the fact that Draymond Green was on Steve Kerr's team. Yeah. And played a prominent role. I think it also helped, too, is that Kerr's a winner. Like Always has been. He's a winner. He comes in there, and he has validity. Like He can tell you things, and you can believe in him because he's done these things that led to winning championships, multiple championships. He's been a part of like the winningest team we've ever seen in our lives. Like there, that speaks to something like Mark Jackson went to the finals, like what one time and he didn't really win a lot. He wasn't like, I don't And Mark Jackson wasn't a great search. Like he wasn't a good strategy guy either. So he didn't have any of those things really. And like you could lose a locker room that way. It's just, Kerr is just a winning guy. It's easy to fall. Like, and I go, people get really frustrated at times. Like more warrior fans were like, he's running plays for Steph to set like back screens for like Damian Lee to get an open shot or something like that. He's not running high pick and rolls for Steph or whatever, but like his system works. The guy is a damn genius. And it's crazy that people don't even consider him really in the conversation of the best coach in basketball. Everyone goes straight to Eric Spolster. Everyone goes straight to Greg Popovich. They go straight to like Doc Rivers or something like that. Nick Nurse. And then there's just like Steve Kerr just sitting there in that next tier. And it's like, are you insane? He's one of the winningest coach we've ever seen right now. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. In the speculation that he did this with Mark Jackson's team, which is not really that f- a fair assessment. I mean, Mark Jackson certainly had Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, sure. But I mean, I think it just Steve took him to another level. I mean, Steph started playing like, oh, is this is like one of the best players in basketball. Like he's in a trajectory of like a Hall of Fame career under Steve Kerr. That's when everything just opened up. Because with Mark Jackson, like when Steph first started playing, like we weren't sure what Steph was going to be. The ankle injuries, like he didn't play a lot. Like he was getting hurt and he wasn't scoring the way we thought he would. And we're like, is this guy even going to pan out? Like, we don't even know what this guy is. Yeah. The consecutive MVPs were directly curveball. Baby. Kerr. Yeah. That system just opened everything up for everybody. And he just, it unlocked Stephen Curry to the player we have now, arguably the best player in the game right now. Yeah, for sure. Regardless of what the Warriors are going through, they're going to be really good again. And, you know, getting big James Wiseman back is a big deal. If he can stay healthy, that's a huge deal. And, you know, Kaminga showed flashes last year in the playoffs. He's an extremely raw dude. But Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins. I mean, they have, they have a really good team to run it back again. Just health aside, they're a really good team again. It's going to be hard to not put them in the finals at the end of this conversation. It takes a little of the gloss off how I feel about this team because... Not only is Draymond, the Draymond Green, thing? yeah, central to what they do, whether he scores zero or twenty-five a game. I don't think it really matters that much. No, it it takes some of the varnish off because before this, they were clearly the number one or prohibitive favorite to win the finals. Yeah, them in Boston, and then it's funny the, the kind of the turmoil that both those teams have gone through because once the finals ended, we're kind of like these two are kind of on a trajectory again to face each other. Collision and, course, yeah. Um, you know, Caesar said the same thing, these two best odds, and then the thing with Ima Yudoka happens here for Boston. They have no idea. You know, there's a lot of question marks around them, and then the drama that's going around with Golden State, it's kind of like, these were supposed to be the two favorites here. Is this going to deter them from meeting again in the finals? To go with the, your really good point there is I have more faith in Steve Kerr. Correct. Writing the ship here. Yep. I do not know what the leadership of, let's say, Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum can do in the face of losing a tactician, especially defensively. 
in Udoka. One of the co- best coaches of basketball. Honestly, he was under, he was one of the best coaches in basketball. Honestly, Quickly. He coached his ass off last year. Yeah. And over a quick... Yeah. I mean, once they accepted... First year, and, you know, it was kind of tough at the beginning, but once they bought January in... January on, around man, the All-Star that break, was a great once team. Once they turned on, they were the be- one of the best teams in basketball. So, yeah, there's a lot of turmoil with those two teams. And not a lot elsewhere. There's not a lot of drama or turmoil elsewhere. You kind of expected that, like... With the Lakers, where it was like Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook, they're gonna fight each other first day of minicamp. But it was, we didn't expect it to come from Boston and Golden State. We expected it from so many other teams. Correct. Well, before we get into predicting the East and then the West, the LeBron situation fascinates me because in no other sport, no other league, no other era, has there been a more undermined superstar, and the accomplishments that follow him. Mm-hmm. He is going to, yeah. without, you know, barring injury, he's going to pass Kareem's 38,387 point mark. Yes. And he's going to pass Magic Johnson at 10,141 assists. Yep. And I'm sure he's going to get pretty high up on the steals list this year, too. And, and I'm sure. For most places you're going to digest basketball, any network program, the discussion is not going to be about how rare that feat is for a number of reasons. It's going to be, of course, the GOAT conversation and the Mount Rushmore debate. Yeah. Which I think is asinine. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what this sport has morphed into. That's why it's not the product that it should be, given the athleticism, the skill level of these players have just gotten 50 times better from even just 10 years ago, let alone 20, 30 years ago. It's more gone into this, you know, hot takes, just arguing about legacies and, you know, Mount Rushmore's and just like rings culture and all this stuff. It's like, you just can't appreciate what a guy does on a night to night basis. It has to put in some kind of like under some kind of microscope about like legacy talk and stuff. It's like, it's absolutely exhausting. It's exhausting. It is. I, I as much I, as I bash baseball for what it, it what it doesn't do for the current stars. Mm-hmm. It never compares old players and statistics. Well, not in a to way new players. Yeah, not in a way where it's like I don't know to get argumentative or like to tear the person down. It's kind of like look what this guy did, which was also great, and look what this guy's doing, which is also great. Like right. the NFL does a great job of it too, but like the NBA gets into some like. It gets like toxic with some of it sometimes. And it's just like, like, you can't do this for like six months. Like, this is terrible. Like, I don't want to watch this. Like, and it's going to be insufferable once he gets there. I mean, he only needs 16 points a game this year to break it. He's going to do that. He just got him off a 30 point. He's averaging 30 a night. There's no way he doesn't break it this year. Yeah. Definitely. And it's just going to get exhausting after he breaks it. It's going to get exhausting. Like, it was so exhausting when he passed Michael Jordan on the scoring list. It was so annoying. And when he passed Kobe, it was exhausting. Yeah. When Miggy Cabrera and, and of course, Albert Bulls are, you know, are retired now, at no point was their accomplishment undermined in reference to any historic figure nope. in baseball. Nope. No one brought up Ted Williams batting over 360 no. for career. Like, no one brought up who else hit seven home runs at a faster clip. Yeah. Like, 
That never came up. Yeah, it wasn't one of those things where like, um, well, you know, Albert hit 700, but he did it in like uh, 1,500 more bats than Hank Aaron did it. And it's like, why are you cherry picking this? Like, he's done something that six other people have done who've ever played baseball. Like, let's just leave it at that. It's awesome. We don't have to nitpick everything. Even even the NFL, uh, you know, widely revered and has its problems, fine. But a lot of people would argue that some of the greatest players of all time have never won rings. Barry Sanders comes to mind. Dan Marino. Marino, Right? In basketball, you can't even enter the club or discussion unless you have what? Four? Four rings? Yeah, it used to be rings and finals MVPs, and that discussion took a turn once Steph didn't get his until this year. Then it started to become, finals MVPs don't matter. They don't matter. It's like, they've always mattered. They always mattered. But people act like they didn't because that was kind of the things that people used to tear down Kobe before he passed. He didn't have that many finals MVPs. So, like, is he really that guy? Like, those are probably Shaq's titles. You know what I mean? It was like, that's not entirely the case at all. But, yeah, it, I mean, once you start talking about you need to have at least, like, four MVPs, you need to have at least, like, three or four finals MVPs, and you need, like, four rings to even enter the conversation. Yeah. But it's like, the rings culture thing is kind of annoying to me. Like, I get it. Like, winning at the end of the day is what you're supposed to do. But, like, it's a team. That's a team thing. Like, that's a team thing. Like, why isn't Bill Russell the greatest of all time? He won 11. He won 11 rings. Nobody even thinks about putting him over five or four. Or, like, even, like, most people have him, like, a 10 or 11 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, Robert yeah, their has winning what? argument. Robert Ory has, what, seven? Their winning argument is undermined by that very fact. Like, it's tough. Like, I get it. Like, winning is super important. I get it. But, like, that's not what drives a lot of players. It really isn't. Some people do just want to get numbers, get money, and go home. Like, they don't care if they win titles or not because, like, not every team's going to win every year. Not every team's going to be in a position to even think about winning every year. Like, it's just a team thing. And to keep bringing, like, team stuff up in a, like, individual kind of conversation always just baffles me. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's always baffled me. And, yeah. like, well, what do we do if, like, Brian does get six? Then what do we do? Then what's the conversation? Well, it's like, well, he did it. He went sixth, and he didn't lose any. Well, it's like, well, LeBron's gone to, like, what? Like, he'll, he'll, if he gets to six, he'll probably end up going to, what, like 15 or 17 of them in, like, 20-some years of playing basketball? That's insane. He went to nine in a row. Yeah, it's wild. It's definitely wild what LeBron has done. A lot of people who love those discussions and love – Michael Jordan would argue that MJ won the scoring title 10 times. Yeah. LeBron has won that once. I think, I mean, I'd, I'd like, I think he could have won it every year if he wanted to, LeBron. I think that's the thing, too, where, like, they get on him because, like, uh, he doesn't, you know, he can't shoot. You know, he's one-dimensional. All he can do is dunk or whatever. But, like, he's about to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in scoring. But he... He can't score. Like he's not a. He's not. People don't consider him one of the best scorers to ever play. It's like, how's that possible? He's about to be the all-time leading scorer. Like that doesn't add up to me. It's weird. Why also being like potentially the greatest passer to ever live in his sport? Yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to catch Stockton at fifteen. Well, I mean, nobody is. But yeah. like, just pure, just watching him pass the basketball. It's like that's probably the greatest passer I've ever seen in my life. Like that's in, like for him to be, do what he does at his size. Like, it's insane what he does. That's what the whole thing with the Jordan and, like, and Bron thing is, too. Like, they, they're two different players. Completely. They're just two different dudes. Like, Kobe and Kobe and 
and Jordan has always been the comparison for me. Like those are the two closest people in the world because he literally mimicked everything he wanted to be in a player was Michael Jordan. And you could watch it when you watch Kobe play ball. And yeah, same both thing were with Dwayne Wade. Like coached by Phil Jackson. They which were the makes same them even more dude. Similar. But like LeBron is just a completely different person. Like you're comparing like two different things. Like LeBron's a pass first guy who can go get his when he wants. LeBron or Michael Jordan, I mean, he's gonna score whenever he wants and he'll get people involved when he feels like it. But I mean, like LeBron is like to me, it's always been that's always been the discussion. It's like, well, LeBron's like the best like overall like player, but like Jordan's the goat. It's like, well, how does that make sense to you? No, like, if you're gonna say those words, like that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't register to me either. Personally, I don't really get into those debates for a lot of reasons. It's basically like, like politics or like religion, honestly. Uh, for, for me, the experience which drew me into being an NBA fan was watching the ascension of Kobe Bryant. I, I'm not I'm not old enough to remember anything that Jordan did. Yeah. But the reason I'm an NBA fan and will always be an NBA fan is because the greatness of Kobe Bryant, who I hold in such high regard. Yep. Do I ever really get into the comparisons of eras and different defenses and allowing this and allowing that? I if, That's fine. Granted, you're allowed to have your opinion. Yeah. But the GOAT debate undermines the value of so many great players yeah over it gets toxic a fabulous league where yeah. individualism is rewarded correct yeah it's one of the it's honestly the most individual like sports there is so like when you bring like the team stuff into it it's kind of like why are you doing this like we have individual like statistics and everything we can kind of just look at compared to any other sport like football like you could look at player stats or something like that, but you need 10 other guys to be on the same page for that play to even work. You know what I mean? Like basketball. Arguably, you, can, you need 21 other guys to but like do their job. Just for like a play to work out, like a passing play. You need 10 other dudes to be in the same spot for this guy to deliver the ball. Like in basketball, you can kind of just do whatever you want to do. One on five, we've seen LeBron do it. All the greats do it before. Like I just don't get the. Because, like you said, like it ruins like great players careers they're looked at a certain way because they didn't win enough or something like that or like they're considered just losers and it's like that's not the case at all was dr j not amazing right right because I mean, you only Iverson have one championship he doesn't loser doesn't count well it's the thing with like carmelo anthony now like carmelo anthony's looked at like a giant loser but like i mean he's one of the greatest college basketball players to ever live yeah he's, one year he's arguably one of the best players to ever play for Team USA ever. If you look at the record books, he almost owns every goddamn statistic for them. Significant. I mean, NBA, he's going to be, I think he's going to finish, what, top 10 in scoring? He's going to be, like, he's going to, like, be one of the most decorated players that doesn't have a title, but, like, he's going to be considered a giant loser, even though, like, he's been one of the most productive players since he's been in the league for damn near 20 years. But he's a loser. But he's, like, you don't consider him one of the 75 best players ever? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Damian Lillard, he's a classic case of, like, nowadays with the ring culture thing, he's considered a loser because he just wants to sit in Portland. He wants to pass Clyde Drexler in the all-time scoring list, and he wants to build something there. Like, and most people consider him a loser because he doesn't want to go team up with somebody. He just wants to stay in Portland and build something there. Yeah. Last thought about the debates or whatever. Just a side note that I, I find problematic with, with all this. Yeah. The reference to Mount Rushmore in a way that's usually said by 
black, you know, basketball players. It's kind of stupid because that reference point isn't accurate. Two of those presidents own slaves. That's yeah. a weird, I weird like, thing to bring up well, like, all the time. The Mount Rushmore thing is kind of weird because. Like, there's so many players that mattered a lot to the game that aren't going to be on the Mount Rushmore just because they're forgotten about that, like, they kind of transcended the game that we have now, but they're not on the level of, like, you're not going to leave, like, Mike. You're not going to leave Magic. You're not going to leave. Like, but that's the problem, too. Like, you're not going to, you can't leave, like, 10 players off, but there's only a couple of spots. So, like, even doing those things, you're just, you're going to get into an argument every single time you do it because you're going to leave off, like, five guys who probably should be on there. It's the dumbest thing in the world to do. And also You're asking to get into an argument every time. The other struggle with it is that model doesn't work with the idea that there are going to be and continue to be good enough players to warrant that kind of praise. Hey, I mean, if Victor keeps going the way that people think he's going to be, he's going to be right up on there the way people are talking about him. So, yeah. It's a tough, I mean, again, like with the NBA, like it's tough. I think it's tough the way that the game keeps like evolving and we keep seeing players do things we've never seen before over and over again. Like it's hard to grade it against like the past. Like it's hard to kind of put it in, in like reference to how they used to play back in the day. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I just it frustrates me that that is yeah, going to be the talking point for LeBron yeah. becoming the yeah best scorer in the history of the game. Yeah. Simultaneously, it could even occur in the same game where he passes Magic and for for you know six all time and assists. I mean, he, at the end of the day, LeBron's going to finish number one in scoring, top ten in rebounds, assists, steals. He's going to finish at least top 15 in blocks. I mean, he's probably, I think he's like first or second in player efficiency rating right now, all time. So, like, it's just, it's kind of hard to imagine what he's doing right now, just consistently for 20 years. Just been the same thing. Like, it's knocked upon. Like, people don't appreciate longevity. Like, that's insane to do what he's doing. And never really miss any significant time? No been an iron man for me the only critique of the nba is this right here the low management no no, no. oh the, i don't, I don't oh. mind the low management stuff i it doesn't bother no me. it's yeah it's, it's the riffraff the, around the debate game. and reference to history in a way that yep deflects i don't the the greatness of what is actually occurring today. Yeah, I mean, every single night you watch in the NBA, every night is somehow phrased as like a legacy game, a defining game for a person's career. It's like it's a Thursday in like December. Like this does not affect anybody's legacy in any way. They just don't know how to cover the game without making it so like debatey about like all this stuff. Like they just haven't figured out a way to do it yet. I don't know when they will. I really don't. Maybe with newer people coming in, a new generation of people doing it, and we start pushing out more of these older people who are doing that. But, like, I just don't know how they fix it. Yeah, the game. They've been doing the same style for, like, 20 years now. The game doesn't need it. Um, it's too good right now for this kind of stuff. It turns people off from it. It really does. Like, I love the NBA. It's, like, my favorite sport. But, like, it's exhausting every single day to listen to all this stuff. It, it's so bad. It's just bad for the game. Yeah. 
unfortunate. But if that's your only flaw, I think you're in, yeah. In I think good, you're doing good. You're in good you're shape. Fine. Yeah. Um, moving to the Eastern Conference, the only team I feel confident about is the Milwaukee Bucks. If healthy, health aside, yeah, they should win 55 to 62 games this year, be the number one seed, and of course battle their way to the finals. I'm not saying it's a cakewalk, but I can visualize that sincerely. Is there I another team I, or teams in the East that you feel are reasonable to put up there? I think Miami's going to be a really good regular season team again. I think I think Milwaukee will be a good regular season team, but the Central isn't the pushover that it's been in the Budenholzer and Giannis era so far. Like Cleveland's going to be really good. Detroit should be better than people think. Indiana, like they are going to play hard, like they did towards the end of the year once they made those moves. But like Chicago should be really good as long as Levine doesn't get hurt or DeRozan's healthy. So I don't think that division is as big of a cakewalk because it was for them to stack up wins pretty easily. I think Philly should be a good regular season team. I'm just trying to think of good regular season teams that I don't really have to have faith in them in the playoffs. I could even see Atlanta being a decent regular season team. Potentially, yeah. But I think it's tough because they play in Miami in that division. I think that's tough. What gives you the, the level of confidence with Miami? Because I don't feel the same way about them they being play two, hard. three, or four. They play hard every night. Jimmy Butler is arguably one of the best players in basketball. Bam's one of the best defenders in basketball. I think they just literally that heat culture, like I'm trying not to gag when I say it, but like it's a legitimate thing. They play hard every single night. And that's a big, like, because there's a lot of teams, they don't play hard every single night. And that's going to get them more wins than it should, honestly, Miami. Even if they take a dip, like even if Kyle Lowry gets hurt or something, like, they're super de- deep too. That's why. That's more why Like I, I think Miami's going to be a really good regular season team again. Do you think Tyler Hero takes a step forward after winning six man yeah, of the year? Yeah, I don't see why not. Like I, I think he could only grow. I think the only thing that people are going to nitpick about is that he can't defend. That's just the way it's going to go. I'm sorry about it. And if he played starter minutes, he would average 18 a night, and he wouldn't care about it. But like, just that's the reality of it. When he's out there on the floor, they're going to blitz him every single time he's out there. That's just the way it's going to go. And he can try or whatever, but he just he's not a good defender, and that's fine. You could argue that maybe the new strategy for a lot of GMs and the franchises in the NBA is only four out of the five players on the floor have to really play defense. You can survive with one guy who is deficient. Yeah. You I can, think you can. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can have a backcourt that doesn't know how to defend a lick, but if you have like switchable forwards and you have a, a center that's mobile, you can switch and you can figure a way to like mask that. I, and Miami is a perfect team for Tyler Hero to deal with because they have a lot of guys who can just defend their asses off, and he doesn't really need to worry about it. So, I think Miami's going to be a really good, a really good team. And Kyle Lowry looks in better shape; he doesn't look like a, a lunch lady right now, so that's pretty good for them. I think again, they're a really good, they're a really good regular season team. And the 76ers, I would agree, are going to be. I mean, obviously the health of Embiid is paramount. I'm trying not to talk myself into the Sixers going to the finals for like the fourth straight year and just feel dumb again and again and again. I'm trying not to do it. I'm trying every single fiber of my being not to do it because I quit on them every single year. And then I, I look at them again. I'm like, you know what? This is it. Is it possible Doc Rivers holds them back? Yeah, that's my main concern. Is that that's my main concern too. Yeah. Doc Rivers is their coach. So I'm probably not going to go with them. Um, but I, I have a good faith that that's going to be a really good regular season team because 
just in the short amount of time that Harden and Embiid played with each other, they were the best pick-and-roll duo in the league. Like, the numbers that Embiid put up with Harden on the court were insane. I think it was, then like, 35. The numbers that Maxi had playing off of Harden were insane. And if you've seen what Maxi's doing in preseason right now, he's doing dribble pull-ups from three, like – He's going to be an absolute monster. Which so is this what they team need. is going to be very good. It's going to be very good. I think they're going to be a really, really good regular season team. I don't know if I can trust them in the postseason. I don't know. No, no, no that's not that's but, not what we're talking about. Yeah, yet. I have, a, but I, I'm, I think I'm more, I think I have more faith in Philly. I think because they have a little bit of an easier kind of like division that they can kind of beat up on to get some wins. But again, it's all dependent on Chris Middleton's healthy. I mean, Milwaukee should be sitting in the in in, in the finals. That's how I honestly, feel. yeah. Uh, if if Chris Middleton, I don't if Chris Middleton went didn't go down last year, they're they're in the finals against Golden State last year. Yeah, I feel like they would have beat Giannis. Boston. Just ran out of gas. Of course he Giannis did. Giannis ran out of gas. Of course he did. So yeah, I'm um yeah, Milwaukee is my pick to come out of the East. Yeah, Milwaukee's my pick until proven otherwise. I think that's smart Correct. money. Yeah. What do you feel when considering the Nets as dark horse type of, I guess, dynamic in the East? I can't not talk myself out of them because you get 60 games of Kevin Durant, arguably, you know, the best player on the planet. That makes your team pretty good. You get about 60-ish games of Kyrie, arguably like the best Robin and Batman or in basketball. That's very appealing to you. Ben Simmons, where he's like a third or fourth option, and you just have him just defend when they don't really have a guy who can do that. And Joe uh, Harris in the corner? Joe Harris. Yeah. Royce O'Neal's a part of the team now. Like, it's hard not to talk yourself into Brooklyn being really good because on a night-to-night basis, like, you're not going to outscore Kevin Durant usually. So that's going to get them. I think their over-under total is like 42 or something like that. Which they're is gonna, criminally They're going to win like 45 games. Does Steve Nash have what it takes no. to, to navigate this situation? The, through the regular season? Yeah, because, again, like, throughout the regular season, you can lean on a guy like Kevin Durant, and you can be you be fine. Once it starts getting to the postseason time, like, you, you have to make adjustments. It's kind of on you to, like, win a couple games in the playoff series. I just don't think Steve Nash has it. And neither does Kevin Durant. That's why he wanted to get out. But now he says he's fine, but, like— It lingers. It, it lingers. Does. So yeah, I think that's the thing too. That there's a little funk still hanging in there. You know what I mean? Like Kevin's like, stop asking about it. It's not that big of a deal. But it's like it is a big deal. It's you a huge literally deal. Literally told them like it's either those two guys or me, and they chose those two guys and, and you're back you. here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's no way yeah. that's not going to be a problem. But I mean, if you get a locked in Kyrie, you get a healthy Kevin Durant. Ben Simmons moved well the other night. I mean, he shot a couple shots. Who cares? But as long as he's moving well and he's defending, like. Yeah, why why not Brooklyn? Why not? My theory on Simmons is he will not be able to return to defensive form until maybe night, maybe January. They had him at so, five, but I mean I don't think I don't think he should play a lot of five defensively. He should play five offensively, but like they should probably like cross match up, but like that's tough to do in transition all the time. But yeah, I mean he got bullied by Bam a couple times down the post, but I mean, Ben is—he's one of the best defenders you'll see. Like again, like that guy I totally gets, agree. I just so think it's going to take some time to to get the that guy is so good at basketball dexterity man. or whatever. And people would just get over the shooting thing. He does so many other things so well. Like I don't know why you have to harp on that part. Yeah. I just don't get it. Like he's going to give Kevin, Kyrie, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, Patty Mills so many open threes. 
Like, since he's come to the league, nobody generates more open threes than Ben Simmons and LeBron James. Like, he's going to make these guys just run and gun, shoot a bunch of threes like they want to do. They're going to be hard to stop on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, that's interesting. The East is loaded. Yes, it is. That's why we started loaded. with the East. Uh, with a Cleveland l- should be really good, but, like, they'll probably be a play-in team. No, 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 no. They, they should make the playoffs. They'll be a play-in team probably. I mean, who's taking that step backwards? You're going to have to eliminate somebody for them to move up. That's the problem. I think they're a really good team, but what's are your, they going to leave anybody? What's your faith in Nick Nurse in Toronto? It's going to be a really good team. Again. Do you think they, yeah. they improve from last yeah. season? or Scotty, is that Scotty Barnes is really good. Pascal Siakam's really good. I know he's not like the prettiest-looking like player to watch. And Van Fleet is legitimate. Pleasing. Van Fleet's a good player. Like they're a really good team. OG Anubi, like he was supposed to break out last year. He struggled a little bit, but like they've got some dudes. They're really long. They're really athletic. Like you don't want to play them on a night-to-night basis. They're really good. The vaccine mandate's gone for them too. So like there's not really going to be any traveling issues or whatever in Canada anymore. Like Toronto's going to be really good. There's so many teams in the East that legitimately have a chance to be really good. Like it's hard to imagine that Cleveland's going to hop over what they already were last year. To me, there are a couple teams I eliminate from realistic contention. Washington, the Wizards just that that composition is just not going to work. I think, yeah. New York Knicks, that's that's not going to work. Yeah, I don't see it. Well, unless Julius Randle gets back to pandemic, Julius Randle, like who knows? I don't think that's so. It's a big but if. It's a big if. Yeah. With. I don't have the same level of faith in Indiana that that you have, but I, I they're going to be. I think they're going to play hard, but no, they're not going to be a play-in team. Right I mean, now. Halliburton's a really nice piece, yeah, but that is not a team that's going to sniff a whole lot of wins. Outside of those three that I easily negate, I would add a, a fourth. Charlotte, I don't buy at all. Defensively, they're bad, and then Lamelo with the ankle injury. I think that just. That's the start of it. Like, I think they already know the writing on the wall. They'll probably, you know, ship Terry Rozier off for, you know, a, a couple towels or something like that. Gordon Hayward will probably get, like, pieced off, too, and they'll just try and get Victor, I'm sure. Potentially, I see a couple teams stepping back, like Honestly, you said. Honestly, if they want to really do this, why don't they just trade for Russell Westbrook? Get a Jordan guy in there for Michael Jordan. You could put asses in seats. They're going to not win a bunch of games still. You're still on the same trajectory. Like, why not? Like, LaMelo's definitely going to miss more than what they're saying. They're definitely going to do that. That's that's possible. I mean, Russ isn't going anywhere. Darvin Ham loves him, so. But for me, a team I project as regressing this season, I don't like Chicago. I don't like that DeMar DeRozan can't hit threes on a regular basis, and I don't like Levine's inability to to stay healthy yeah i mean this is, is all the time now health is legitimately the only thing that's keeping like zach levine from being or like considered like top three like shooting guard in the league the guy's a monster he is honestly like he is a joy to watch play basketball and he just he just can't stay healthy unfortunately and like the same thing with the lonzo ball thing like that kind of changes their trajectory like like, the thing, like, Chicago should be a good enough team, but, like, they might be one of those teams with high expectations that kind of just falls out of the playing tournament, and they're, like, kind of in the low lottery, and, like, who knows? They might have a chance to move up into the top four or something like that. Yeah, they will become Someone's going to have forgotten. to take a tumble for, like, these teams that people are thinking, like, are on the rise. Like, someone is going to have to take a serious fall. 
I think Boston is a, a possible candidate. Could be. I, I don't think the coaching thing bothers them until they start getting into the postseason. I don't think so. What about the Robert Williams thing? Like that's going to be tough. When he's not on the court, that bit. is just not the same defense it's by like nine to ten points a game. But I think Jason Tatum's going to take another leap again. He definitely could. I think he's going to take another leap again. There's no reason he doesn't. And plus, coming off the way he played in the finals, like I think he's just going to go on another level. So he's on a mission. Jalen Brown's going to take a leap again. I'm sure he got in the lab after like, hey, just make him go left. I'm sure he went and got to work. Like, Boston should be really good again, even amid whatever's going on in the coaching-wise. I don't think that bothers him until the postseason. Yeah, and I would be remiss if I didn't include Orlando as one of the teams I will negate. Could be fun. Oh, definitely fun. I love Suggs. I love Suggs. They're not a lot of games. And, and that, uh, Wagner played well last yeah, year. Yeah, Franz was awesome. Cole Anthony started figuring things out towards the end of the season, too. Like, they're very interesting. They're and interesting. then the surprise team in the East, which you, you were saying with what we've seen with the rookie class coming in and also uh, sophomore campaign, Detroit is interesting. They're feisty. Like, the, the idea of having Cade Cunningham with a bunch of shooters around him, like, that's the plan. That's what you want. And they're very deep, too. Like, they could be a lot of fun, but they also could be, like, they could stink, and then they could just end up selling off some of those pieces, too, that they thought were going to be helping them go for. But, like, I think they're trying to go for a Cleveland thing last year where Cleveland was like, okay, we got a couple guys. Let's kind of speed this process up a little bit, add a couple veteran guys, and let's, like, make a push. So there's no reason they can't be a playing team. The only thing is... They play in the same con- the same division as Cleveland, Chicago, and Milwaukee. So, like, that, I feel like a couple of those teams are just going to eat each other alive out of a spot, unfortunately. Those are tough matchups yeah. uh, that occur very, very often. Very frequently, yeah, yeah. It's tough. But, again, the idea, like, Cade really started to figure things out at the end of the year. He really started to figure things out. So is Jason Tatum your breakout player, if you can call it that, uh, for for the East this season? I was thinking either him. I think, I I don't know if. I mean, Mine no, is Trey Young. I think he takes a step. I do. I see it. I don't know how much further he can go up, though. I mean, last year he led the league in, like, total points and total assists. Like, he was insane last year. That just team just wasn't any good around him. I think adding Murray might alleviate some of those right, we situations. Even Atlanta. Like Atlanta could no, no, I, get better. I did. I you think they're making I mean? the playoffs. I have them as a playoff team, maybe a five or a six. I still think like the weird thing, like they'll figure out, I'm sure, because they're both really good, but like DeJounte Murray and then Trey Young figuring out like who's going to play off ball more often and how they're going to make that work. Because both of them are dudes that don't really move without the ball. And they've kind of played their entire lives with the ball in their hands and creating. So I don't know how that's going to work. But the idea of having DeJounte Murray kind of do the dirty work that Trey Young's not going to want to do defensively in the perimeter, I, I mean, that's very enticing. And then they might add Jay Crowder here. Apparently they're sniffing around on him. So, yeah, they should be a really good team. My breakout guy, I feel like it's going to be Darius Garland. He took a leap last year. I think he's Definitely only going to get better. I think he's going to get even better now because he doesn't have to take all the dribbling duty. He doesn't have to do all the ball ball handling all the time with Donovan Mitchell there. I think it's only just like we don't really start talking about this dude as like one of the best point guards in basketball. No fear that he's going to lose maybe five to ten shots a game. I think he'll probably get more now. 
because he can just kind of just like sit there and spot up for three because he's a damn good shooter. It's just a lot of the time he had all the ball handling duties like on his back. As soon as Rubio went down, like it was all on him. He just had to dribble and pass and he couldn't really get his own. Yeah, my only critique when it comes to Cleveland, which is an awesome story, and they're on their way to being very, very significant. Oh, yeah. Losing Markinen kind of hurts. I'm biased because I, I I loved him in the draft. I was oh, watching dude, he was awesome Bulls games for yeah. no reason other than seeing him play. He was awesome. And what he just did overseas there, he was a monster. He was averaging like 35 a night. One of the best players in that tournament. He was yeah. awesome. So they're going to miss him. I, I think that's a big loss. Again, like it just all depends. Like if Isaac Okoro could knock down a couple corner threes, like that changes everything. Like if he can't, like he did last year, then the offense is probably going to stink for a little bit. But like if he can hit a couple, this offense will be really good. But things change when you have Donovan Mitchell. Evan Mobley's going to take another leap, unfortunately, for the rest of the league. Like the team's going to be really, really good. So is the East. Stacked. It's one of the best Eastern conferences I can ever remember. And then you just have like Giannis, just you know, imposing just his will. Yeah. Best player in basketball. Yeah. He's East en route is, to be, is gonna be a unbelievable. The East is going to be a total bloodbath. On, on the flip side, with the Western Conference, with Golden State and whatever the significance is with this situation, I yeah. still pencil them in to be the one seed. Who threatens that? Suns? Mavericks? Clippers? I think Denver will be a really good regular season team again, barring any setbacks with Jamal Murray. Correct. And uh, Michael Porter Jr. But they're built to be a really good regular season team. I don't like Phoenix being in the conversation of a good regular season team. There's some kind of just funk on them right now. Even watching them preseason, it just stinks. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. So, with Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton, you think it's a bigger problem they than... They didn't talk to each other until media day. Right. How is that possible? Like, when you find out, like, the deal fell apart, and you're going to have to bring this guy back in the fold, wouldn't you want to reach out as the coach and be like, hey, big guy, we need you. We're proud to have you back. Like, we're pumped. We're stoked to have you back out here. Fake didn't it. say a Fake word. It. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, no thanks. I think Dallas would be a really good regular season team. Really, really good. Um, the Clippers, I think they'll be a damn good regular season team barring Kawhi and PG. You get like 60 games out of them. They probably have a chance at the one seed. Honestly, that's more than enough. That's uh, 60 games out of those two. Like if, at minimum, you get 60 games to Kawhi and PG. That should be the one seed in the West. Honestly, New Orleans, that should be a very good regular season team. Zion on a pitch count or not. That's a really good basketball team. And I trust green down there. I definitely do. Willie Green, he coached a hell of a series against Phoenix, man. Like, and now he, he really has did. all of his players? Yep, 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 yep. They're so very, the very West dangerous. Is, it feels like it's super top-heavy, but there are some teams that, like, I don't like the Lakers. Like, it seems like Darvin Ham has them playing hard. And it's hard to not think that LeBron James and Anthony Davis, if you get 60 apiece out of them as well, like with PG and Kawhi, like, they can't win majority of their games on a night-to-night -night basis. They're going to be better. I don't know if they're going to be really relative. Same. Do you? Do you feel like I just think their guard play is just not at the level it needs to be? I think it's be. better than it was last year. I still think the problem is shooting. Still, like if LeBron's your best shooter, that's probably like not great because it's an indicator that you're in trouble. We've seen the formula that works with LeBron. You have a bunch of shooters around him, and you make it work. Same thing with Anthony Davis. You have a lot of shooters around Anthony Davis. Space everything out. Everything works, but. 
I don't know what to do with the Lakers. It's hard to write off a team that has LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like, the two of them can play 60 games. Like, who knows? But that's the thing. We haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know if you can bank on it. Yeah. Denver definitely, should be really good. Definitely Denver. hard to say. There are uh, teams that I think are trending in the right direction uh, with Memphis and Minnesota. I didn't even mention Memphis. Minnesota, too. Minnesota should be really good. Yeah, definitely. I just don't like the addition of Rudy Gobert. That's going to take time to work. But once it does, that's going to be really good. Because, honestly, their biggest problems Minnesota's was, was, you know, D'Angelo Russell, obviously. I mean, they didn't really fix that one. That's hard to do. But, like, Carl Anthony Towns can't be your starting center defensively. No, they learned that the hard way. He can't. Yeah. But he's also, like, one of the most gifted centers we've seen on the offensive end. So, like, what do you do? Well, you just go get arguably the best center, defensive center in basketball, and you just let Carl just play four all the time. Now, is he going to be able to guard the, you know, the quicker fours out there defensively? Probably not. That's probably going to be a problem, but, like, who cares? You know what I mean? You're going to score so many points anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's interesting with Minnesota because my dark horse MVP is Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Uh, my actual MVP, like everyone else, is Luka. Yeah, I keep going towards Luka, but I... What, what's holding you back? What haven't you seen? No, or that, what don't nothing, you like? I think there's going to be someone that just goes on a run that's going to like... Like last year, it was supposed to be Luka and Tatum. And then it was just Jokic and Bede again. It behooves I, I the league know. to have better guard play than the big man saga that we've witnessed the past two seasons. Yeah. I. Man, like it would be... Like, I think Luka would be really good. Like, I think I'm going Tatum, I think. I think I'm going Tatum. Totally respectable. I think I'm going Tatum. Honestly, in the back of my head, like, it's just yelling at me just to pick Giannis again. Which is not a bad bet. I think just voters fatigue has kind of got him out of it the past two years, honestly. Yeah, you could definitely make that case. His numbers were really great last year. The way we're running down kind of the gauntlet of what the East is, and if we expect this team to be like a one seed again, like how is Giannis not going to be in the conversation for MVP? You know what I mean? I feel like that's a pretty easy one to do, but his odds probably aren't going to be that high or that great. The The only guy I feel confident that it's relatively effortless you score, I don't know, 32 to 35 a game in the league currently. There's one guy, and that's Luca. He just got a, a taste, a flavor of what significant postseason basketball feels and, and tastes like. Yeah, he didn't have to play Kawhi Leonard, thankfully. Fine. But that's what I mean. Like, people that, were saying he's a loser. I'm like, he had to play Kawhi Leonard and Paul George two straight years in the playoffs. Like, what was he going to do? Yeah, which is a whole different <laughs> issue. It's like, what are we doing But, but, but with Luka, that team is good, not great. I think they have some things to figure out. Christian he has Wood to carry wise, that team. That team is good, though. I mean, you got the shooters around him. They do the dirty work on the defensive end. And then you got Christian Wood to be their sixth man, I think. Who like, I think people like kind of think Christian Wood stinks because the past couple of years in Houston, like the effort wasn't there or whatever because that team stunk. Like, I'm no, I, wouldn't, I don't blame him for not giving nightly effort. He was too good for that team. But I think he can help them out a lot. That team's going to be good. Like, again, like, barring, like, some weird, like, what happened with Luka last year. Like, he had that ankle sprain, and he had the calf thing, and he missed quite a bit of games, and people kind of, like, forgot. Like, John Morant might win MVP this year. If they take another leap again, he's already got all the buzz. Oh, it definitely could. I just think they're going to figure out, it's not a pitch count. 
and it's not load management in the, in the approach for Ja. Uh, but no, they have to do something. They're kind do, of they're thing. going to approach it differently than they did last year. There's no way they're going to be relevant in the postseason with a hobbled Ja Morant. There's no. no way. Well, it's tough. Like his play style and his size and everything. It's hard for him not to just get you know these injuries. They're gonna pile up. They're gonna happen. Like his usage, the way he drives, the way he plays, like that's gonna add up at the end of the year. It kind of feels like an Iverson thing. Like Iverson was beat up once it came down time, like for it to really matter. He was running to the ground. He could barely walk. He was hurt and injured, but they needed him to go out there and be the MVP guy that he is through the regular season. But he just ran out of gas. He plays so violently yeah. and emphatically. Explosive athleticism. Where like, and he's a one leg lander, which scares the hell out of me every time. It he should lands, he lands on one leg every time? It's like, please land on two, man. He is one little thing away. That's what Derrick Rose used to do. He would land on one leg, and finally it gave out. Who is this year's... I know we didn't actually win Most Improved Player of the Year, but I, I thought Desmond Bain was a major reason why Memphis was relevant. Do you see a guy from maybe year two or year three taking a leap to a more efficient, more productive winning player? I mean, the easy one feels like Scotty Barnes and Kate Cunningham, like those two dudes. I mean, the same thing with Evan, like the top three, like Jalen Green should be like a monster. A mon- like, because the Houston, like they're going to stink, obviously, but they put some more dudes around where like they'll be more competitive on a night to night basis. Where like, like Jalen Green was doing stuff in the preseason where it's like players shouldn't be able to do that stuff. Like he casually scored 18 a game last year when he was literally the only guy who could put the ball in the basket. He's only going to get better. So, like, Houston might be one of those teams that will be fun every single night, and, like, Jalen Green might just put up, like, insane. He might be a 25-a-night guy. There's no reason, like, I mean, if a guy goes, like, from 18 to, like, 25 a night, he's probably going to win most improved player. That's generally how it goes. Yeah. If you transition and exceed, what is that, 23, 24 a game, yeah. you're in that rare. He could casually get 22 a night. Easy. No doubt about it. I don't it. even think you're being that risky in saying no, that. No, like he's like is hilarious how good he is at basketball on the offensive end. Yeah. With predicting that jump from year one to year two, mm-hmm. on top of the fact that he's going to get way more shot volume than really anyone else on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey's in there too. Like I thought Maxey had a really good case for it last year. But I think it's only going to get better now playing off Harden and getting more synergy with him. And like, just like his shooting right now, if he's going to be this knockdown shooter, he's going to hang around like 42% or something like that from three. Like, that kid's going to put up some points because he is a blur in transition. So if he, if you can't stop him in transition and you can't stop him in the half court either, like, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. No, that's uh... James Harden, maybe most improved player, like a bounce back, <laughs> like a comeback. Yeah, I don't. I mean, think... people said he was washed, and I mean, I don't see why he can't have like twenty and ten again this year. For a guy to be as bad as people talked about, he was still eighteen, and he was like a couple assists shy of leading the league in assists. I mean, can't be that bad. Looks like he's got his burst back. He's a lot slimmer than he's been in a while. I think he's finally beat that hamstring thing. Hopefully, I think. Oh man, that would be awesome for Philly, obviously, but I think for basketball in general, for him to. Return to prominence in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when, when he is totally right, and maybe those days are over, I'm not the judge here. It's one of the best shows in basketball. But man. that was unbelievable, what he would do every night every in Houston. Every night, man. 
Every night. Every night. Just Never crazy. Took a day off. No, he didn't. Mm-mm. He took it personally. He was awesome. He's Every one my, game. He's one of my favorite players, so it's hard to see him kind of look the way he does. Hopefully, this is the bounce back. And if he doesn't, then I'm going to have to take him out in the barn, I guess, and put him down. You're going to have to accept some pretty yeah. hard truths yeah. when it comes to I'll losing. I'll play the same thing with Ben Simmons. I'm a giant fan of Ben Simmons, so hopefully he figures it out. If not, then I'm going to have to you know, swallow the pill here and be like, all right, maybe the guy does think I'm sorry. Yeah. I lied to you guys. Yeah, I was a big Russ, Russell, Russell Westbrook fan. I'm uh, still a giant Russell Westbrook fan. But yeah, like, but those days have faded. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't mean he can't be a contributing player to a really good basketball team. I don't think that's the case. I think he still can do that. I really do. I still think he really can do that. What's interesting about Russ, and I know these are selective statistics, but bear in mind that's what we do. That's what numbers are for. In 75% of the games where he averaged a triple-double, they won the game. So you can make the argument that he had to do those things to win those games. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, you know when he was chasing Oscar Robinson the first time, like he was kind of like boxing out his own teammates to get rebounds and Correct. stuff. He was kind of like, you knew he was going for it, which, I mean, I don't care. If, you, if you're close to go to something like that, you better go for it. I want to see you get it. Like, you should do that. You should go for stuff like that. Yeah, striking out swinging in, in pursuit of home runs. Yeah, That's okay. Do I, it, I, I totally get yeah, it. Yeah, you have this chance to do it? Like, do it, dude. Um, But I think just like he's taken a bunch of steps back defensively, and I think he's just... Like, the athleticism has gone down significantly, which is hilarious because he's still, like, one of the most athletic players in the league. Like, not to what he used to be, but, like, it, that takes time to finally realize, like, hey, I'm not as athletic as I once was. I can't kind of do everything just based on my athleticism. I got to kind of refine the rest of my game to make this work on a night-to-night basis. And I think he's I think he's starting to figure that out. I think last year was kind of an eye-opener, like, hey, man, I'm kind of not what I used to be. I kind of have to refine some things. Like, it, sometimes it takes a player, like, one bad season to kind of go, oh, I really got to yeah. I gotta figure this out. A renaissance is totally possible. I have to shape things up. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago where he was widely considered the best athlete in basketball. Yeah. Even with LeBron in his prime, people would bring Russ before him. If you were to look up some of his dunk packages last year, I mean, he had a couple dunks where, like, that was a crazy athletic play by him. But he also had multiple times where, like, he just didn't have the same bounce on the same, like, a layup or something like that. So, like... I think him playing, if he can figure out a way to just play off Braun and like they go into the like that two man game where like Russ is setting the screen for Braun and like they play off of one another, like they could be a lot of fun. But I don't know if they're gonna do that. I don't know if Russ is gonna wanna do that. We'll see. Interesting. So potentially you think the Lakers with the prerequisites that we discussed are a playoff team this year? I think they're a play in team. Okay. Even if things go as well as I think they do, I think the West is just so good. I think it there'll be a play-in team. That's not a play-in team I'd want to play. No. Like, you don't want to play a series against LeBron and AD if they're healthy. No, but def- again, it's it, this all hampers, like, I think the Clippers, I think the Clippers win it all this year. Oh, wow. But it's all dependent on Kawhi Leonard to stay healthy. Which is the biggest if? That's the biggest thing. possibly it's in the, the biggest, 2022 23 the season. It is what has destroyed the Clippers being this team that they have now is literally just health. Honestly, where is Steve Ballmer's patience level when it comes to Leonard George? I think he's all Ty in. Like, I think oh no, he's like, definitely all in. But patience like, is different. I think it's like 
because you know how good this team is. I think it's just frustrating because, like, you know how good they are. Like, you haven't really seen anybody really beat them without them being missing someone super significant in their lineup. And the team is really good. When they're clicking on cylinders, like, they are smacking teams around. They're, like, long. They're physical. They're athletic. Like, that's a tough team to beat, man. And then Kawhi just being, like, people forget, like, he's one of the best players in basketball. Paul George is one of the best players in basketball. It's easy to make fun of the guy, but he's one of the best basketball players in the world. The two of them, healthy on a night-to-night basis, good luck. They're super deep, too. Like, they're a really good regular season team, but as we saw in the playoffs, like, they're a tough out. What is the most probable in talking about return to glory with three guys that we've discussed? You just mentioned two of them. Becoming top five again. Top 10, whatever. But elite, elite. Kawhi, James Harden, or Paul George? Kawhi. You think Kawhi has the best potential to be top five? Dude, like, the low management of stuff, whatever. But, like, when he's on the floor, like, he's unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. Have you seen him? He looks like the Hulk right now. He's the biggest I've ever seen. His size looks very big. He was already like pound for pound like the strongest player in the league. Possibly, but like yeah. as big as he is now, like good luck, dude. And I know he's kind of lived off reputation of like his perimeter defense the past like two or three years. He's not what he used to be. He's living off a reputation line. He's still one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. He's not what he used to be, but he's still pretty damn good. I I got the Clippers beating the beating the Bucks. That's where I'm at. Just not thinking that hard about it. That's where I'm at with it. Without Galaxy branding myself. Clippers, Bucks. I'm taking Clippers. Give me the Bucks in this instance if we're going as far as predicting the finals in October. Give me the Bucks. The West is interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of unknowns. A lot of them. I would say all the major players in this year's postseason, what we anticipate, have at least one big question. Yep. Golden State, their biggest question right now is not about really execution or X's and O's or ability to overcome adversity. They've solved all of those. But how major is that issue going to be when it's May and June? Have they resolved it? What did they do? What does Jordan Poole look like? Yeah. Did Andrew Wiseman become one of the best centers in basketball? I think that's the biggest one, though. Like, Are the young kids going to take another leap to where they can depend on them on a night-to-night basis going down the stretch. I think that's I think that's the biggest one, honestly. And Kaminga's he's like incredible. Yeah, fabulous athlete. Yeah, he's an incredible athlete like he he plays hard as hell. So uh, there's no reason he can't like refine his game and be a, a, a significant guy for them. Same Wiseman, like Wiseman's a freaking nature. If he just stays healthy, Honestly, that's a big thing. Like, if they have some kind of Steph injury again where they have to wade the waters with him, like, that's going to be tough. They Clay misses time. Like, that's tough. Dre's going to miss time. Like, that's tough. I, You know what I mean? But those guys they probably have, like, stir the, the drink I for think sure. They have the least question marks of everyone right in the West. That's why I feel the most confident yeah. about them. But you I put still... them in the finals? Oh, yeah. Them in the Bucs? Them in the Bucs. Uh, but Ooh. I wanted to end. This podcast about the NBA with my favorite story and piece 
of information I found in preparing for the show. Okay. In, you know, I preface this with one of my favorite players, Kobe Bryant, in his illustrious career, mm-hmm. his relationship with his grandmother was very important. Do you know she only went to one of his games? One of his games. Do you know what game that was? No, wait, isn't there a story like, I think it's like, what, did he have a bad game or something like that? And then she was superstitious and he never went to another one again? Mm-mm. That's probably another player I'm thinking of. Maybe. With Kobe, knowing his grandma was in attendance, dropped 81 oh, against Toronto. Point game? I love that story. That is awesome. Did you watch the routine team doc yet? Not yet. It's really good. Is it? Like, it's not like, it, it's really well done. And it's not like overbearingly like a tribute to Kobe Bryant, but like, it's really like doing a good job of spotlighting just how great and like different of a, of a human being that dude was. But it's, it's like so well done. It is so awesome. It's one of the best documentaries to watch, honestly. That's, that's they did a great, great job. It's, it really is like a beautiful, like Kobe Bryant tribute in a way. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, for me, and this is not just basketball, because basketball obviously has greatly improved by what Kobe did. But I, I, I feel, maybe this is too strong, but I feel this way. The world is a darker and colder place when he passed away, tragically. Crazy that he passed. It's still what like, was he going to do next? It's still coming. You already won an Oscar. What, what was he going to do next? I know, it's crazy. Run for public office? Yeah. It was literally, what well, was a couple of days after, you know, we saw him, like, you know, celebrate LeBron passing him in the scoring list, and then, you know, he passes, like, a few days later. It's like, what is happening, man? Tragic. Tragic. It's still crazy that he, he passed. And, like, you remember, like, when you're watching the doc, you're like, oh, like, Kobe's not here anymore. Like, that's insane. I would love to hear him talk about this, like, retrospectively. Like, it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's so it, it's it's hard to cope with if One you're of the best a huge to ever fan. Do it, man. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. Um, well, this has been a definite joy. I'm so happy we got to tease and touch on the NBA season, which of course here before we know it, dude. October nineteenth, um, potentially next week's podcast will be built on the diatribes surrounding. The Washington Commanders, and maybe Carl, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're dead. We but until next time, that is Tom Shiflet. I'm Chris Miller. Thanks for tuning in. It's over. It's over. Y'all take it easy. I'm out.